freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. There's a lot of differences between spring training and training camp in the NFL, but one similarity is that you never know who's going to be there from day to day from Mm. the outside, whether Mm. it's from the league or the national media or whatever. Um, Peter Gammons, as you know, was here the other day and we talked about his comparison between Logan Gilbert, excuse me, between George Kirby Mm -hmm. and John Smoltz today. uh, There's some uh, major league uh, radio here. I know CC Sabathia is here. There may be some others and it sounds like Rob Manford is here as well. The commissioner. We just crossed paths. Almost cross streams in the bathroom. Really? Yeah, cross pass. Now, is it true oh that Rob is, is it true <laughs> that too much bathroom? Did he leave? Today. Did he also not flush and leave the seat up? Is there? Yeah. Um, is there any? Oh, he sat. To oh, he sat to pee. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. He's treating himself. When you were there, oh, okay. Is there any any truth to the rumor that he's now wearing see through pants all the time? Also, no, no, he was not. I wasn't sure no. if that was the case. No, but quick etiquette question. I right? thought he was wearing okay. the see through pants in all seriousness and a tie that's all crooked and sideways and. <laughs> back the other way. Serious, we started the show with bathroom etiquette halfway through here. Just a bathroom etiquette question. So I walked by, see the commission. He just walked out of the bathroom as I was walking in. But beforehand, I'm like, oh, there's CC. Sabathia, easily recognizable, right? right? And he kind of looked at me as one of those looks every once in a while. Okay, I kind of know who you are, right? Kind of one of those things. So um, we walked in the bathroom together. And do you talk to a guy when he's peeing or not? You kind of just wait. Like if, if you're in there, you Somebody go, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll talk to somebody I know. The only right. time I will is if they initiate, like, the head nod, yeah. like, hey, what's yeah. up? Like, <laughs> sure. if they're just, like, dead focused. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People get stage right. They don't talk. They do. Late great Especially friend. as you get older. Yeah, Dory, my, my buddy Dory had shy bladder syndrome. He said it happened in the kingdom. It's where it caused it. And the aromas in the old kingdom were just atrocious. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, he started to pee, and I, and I was like, yeah, ah, you know, I'll just wait. So, no, we caught up a little bit. He's here to talk to the team. And I said, I, and I don't know where you're going, you know, with your tea, so I'll let you pay it off. But I said, CC, this is a good group of guys. He's like, oh, I can tell. Yeah, you, you can tell. These guys can tell right away, right, to Mitch's point, to Luke Rayleigh's point. If you missed those interviews, those guys were with us earlier this morning. And Luke, who's been in much of these organizations and, uh, what do you say, 25, 30 minor league teams, like, yeah, this is a good group of guys. Like, everyone looks at each other. It's not clicky. Remember when we started here, Salt, 15 years ago? Yeah. Very clicky. Yeah. yeah, you don't even go down to that part of the clubhouse, or that part of the clubhouse is this, and that part of the clubhouse is that, and that. And, you know, guys just didn't really talk. Maybe it was my butchering the pigeon English with Brandon League. I got, you know, maybe. Yeah. I mean, very possibly. But you don't feel that here. You feel like you could go up and say hey to just about every single guy on this team. Yeah. And that is pretty rare. Yeah. No, it is definitely a good group of guys. There's no doubt. And that does fit into where I was going to go. And I I mentioned this yesterday with Scott. I mentioned a couple days ago with Wyman and Bob. But I thought it was something that we haven't really talked much about. And that is when they set this 26-man roster, depending on injuries and depending on who ends up making it out of the bullpen, Mm -hmm. there will be roughly 50% of that roster will be new from last year's opening day. I know it doesn't feel like a ton of turnover, yeah. and it does get a little funky because Brian Wu and Bryce Miller and Dominic Canzone and Josh Rojas were all on the team by the time the year ended last year. But when you start thinking about turnover, 50% in a year is actually a lot. Yes. Right? Yes. Like that is a totally different team in a lot of ways than what was supposed to be here to start the year. 
and you start going around the diamond. You're like, all right, first catcher and first base is going to be the same, but your backup catcher is going to be different. Yeah. Your second baseman is going to be different. Yeah. Your third baseman is going to be different. Yeah. Your two right fielders are going to be different. Your left fielder is going to be different. Your DH is going to be different. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot more than 50% right Right? <laughs> yes. One of your two bench players is going to be different. Your fourth and fifth starters are going to be different. Yeah. Most of your bullpen is going to be different. That's a lot of players, guys. Is. That is a very different team. And yes. I know, it, again, I'm fudging a little bit here. I'm recognizing that because of the four or five guys mm-hmm. that joined the team at some point during mm-hmm. last year. I get Midstream. it. Midstream. Midstream, mm-hmm. to bring it back to the beginning of the segment. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, welcome. Back. That's very good. Back. Can You're you welcome. stop midstream? Can I? Yeah. Yes. So can I. A lot of people yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Guys, uh, no. I can, okay. I can yeah. stop on a dime, yeah. especially if you're going to the ball. Oh, Haley's calling. Should we wish her a happy birthday? I mean, no, we're <laughs> okay. on the air. Oh, we are? We're busy. Oh, we're, doing, we're doing a show, oh, mostly about peeing, but we are doing a show at the moment. <laughs> I promise you, everyone, I'm trying to keep this on the rails. <laughs> oh, easy, psycho killer. We're not too worried about what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about today. Whatever, Elmer. <laughs> Elmer. The third rail series. So you're Elmer for the next two hours. <laughs> hey, you just calm, yourself. <laughs> calm your horses over there. Yeah, more Elmer. How much, how much do you think that will affect them, whether it's the chemistry whether it's the need to do some new stuff like the like the basketball hoop yeah or whether it's just what they're going to look like out on the field well i think as mitch said and as scott said yesterday that being garver and service let's see when a little panic comes Mm -hmm. and let's see when a little adversity comes let's see when it's not kumbaya let's see when it's not 75 and sunny like it is today let's see about a four game losing streak let's see about doing everything right but the results being everything wrong and then we can have a little discussion but i would say as you bring that up, my initial thought is good. Good. This team didn't need to just run it back. Right. This team wasn't good enough. Well, it led me to a, if, it, if you want to just go to good, this team could have been good. Yeah. If Marco and Robbie and, and you know, you ran it back, Salk, with 90% of your roster, they could be good again. But they weren't going to be great. Right. To my Justin Fields question. I like, mean, they might have been. I mean, you, you heard you heard Mitch Garver say after winning the World Series in Texas that the difference between the two teams was minute. Okay. A win here and there. They could have just run it back. They could have. Mm. They honestly could have. Now. I could not have seen Teo. You couldn't, I couldn't have. have. You couldn't have. I couldn't have. Saw. You couldn't have. I couldn't You're have. not in charge of the Mariners. Not midstream And obviously they could decided not. to make some changes there. Yes. But it brings up a couple of questions. One, would this have happened if Cal hadn't said what he right. said? Right. Would you have seen as much change if Cal hadn't said what he said? That, I don't know the answer to it. But that's a, a legitimate question. We're probably not going to ask him that because he doesn't know either. But that will come up in, you know, yeah. throughout the course of this season. Two, if the Mariners are good this year, and I don't know whether they're going to be or not. This is not a, you know, the Mariners are definitely winning the World Series kind of conversation. But if they are good, if they're significantly better than last year, if they do win 94, 95 games and make the playoffs and go, go into the, you know, mm-hmm. deep, make a deeper run. I think you would really need to look at the Jerry Depoto Justin Hollander combo. I don't know if they do executive of the year, but if they do in baseball, mm-hmm. and then the Scott, and then obviously Scott Service as manager of the year, and say, hey, hold on, this has to be their year mm. because of what Scott was dealing with in the off season and how he went about keeping it together, sure. and then what Jerry did to essentially with no money completely alter his roster to the point where it's 50% different than it was a year ago? Well, I don't think you could do this without their continuity. I'll say that as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to... Some of the real positives that come off the positive trade-offs of having eight years of continuity is you can do what you just described. You could turn this thing over 
and you have enough relationships and trust all around the league that you can make moves and and still enough pieces in your farm system that you've developed for eight years and everything else and your big league club with the Jared Kelnicks and the other major league talent you did trade as well yeah. to be able to do this because year one or year two, or year, you're not doing this. Mm-hmm. But eight years in, you have an opportunity to do this. Well, and, and by the way, if it doesn't work this year and they go in the other direction and it gets worse than it was a year ago, yep. I don't know where this thing, I don't know what happens next yep. because it's going to be hard to look at Scott and blame him yep. based on what's been going on around him. It's going to be hard to look at Jerry or Justin and blame them based on the fact that they thought they were going to have more money to spend and it got taken away. So I don't know what happens if this team ends up disappointing this year. I think it'll make for a very, very uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. because there aren't going there's not going to be an easy scapegoat it's not you're not just going to point at jerry and say you screwed up mm-hmm. well hey this isn't really the team i wanted to build this isn't sure. me you're not going to point at sky and be like are you kidding me by the end of last year things were falling apart you're lucky i was able to even hold them together there's only going to be one group of people to look at and i think mm-hmm. they'll know exactly who they are okay. we'll come right back with everything you need to know it's brock and salk seattle sports on 710 seattlesports.com need to know 15 minutes past every hour with brock and salk here's what you need to know up first busy day at mariner spring training with rob manford cc sabathia and others stopping by I wonder if the players will have a little conversation about the uniforms which are problematic and you know see-through so that would be something i would certainly want to address with the commissioner if i was being asked to play in those in the meantime this team seems to kind of know who they are and what they want to be they're built on their starting pitching we're going to get to see logan gilbert take his first start of the spring today they know they've got a superstar in center field saw julio out here dancing a little bit earlier during the basketball basketball competition and hopefully he's going to be ready to go sooner rather than later and then you got these pieces right these pieces in the corners and some of the new guys as well Polanco is a guy we've barely talked about this week we have not had a lot of conversation about him Mitch Garver who we spoke to earlier today Scott Service knows he's going to be a big part of what they're doing they're very professional as you would expect they've been in the league for a while and they've had success in the league so they have routines they have some things they believe very strongly in uh, i think with mitch garver um he's been very open he likes talking hitting in the game and the fact that he's a catcher he's involved with our guys there and what's going on so garv's got he's got opinions on a lot of different things which is very welcome love it wonder if his walk-up song is the survival survivor theme survivor. Song. you could do that one yeah you could absolutely go that one you could play the survivor uh, game music that's still around, by the way. Jason Benetti's favorite show. He's really? watched every I have episode. A lot of respect for Benetti. And now every it's episode of away. Survivor. Oh, we make fun of him a lot. Oh, good. But that was so. Mitch's. Uh, that's what he talked with us a whole lot about this morning. You, I know we'll play his home run here in a second with, with the game result yesterday. But just like, hey man, it's about survival. It's about survival when you get in there facing the kind of stuff that you have got to face. And I'll tell you, man, his numbers a little bit like Luke Rayleigh too. If these guys can play a lot, yeah. And get into some of that rhythm. 31 home runs. Garver hit in Minnesota. That was only in 112 games played. 19 and 87 he's, games He's got big played. power. There's no doubt he about it. He has big power. He's got some really big power, as does Rayleigh. And if you're not asking those guys to carry the team and you're asking them to supplement what you're doing, I think that's sort of how you hope to lengthen this lineup. I think he dropped the word extrapolate on us. Mitch did in yeah. the 630 yeah, hour. Yeah. That's typical for a baseball yes. player. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned survival, and unfortunately on the pitching side of it, it's a little bit different. Survival is about trying to dodge those injuries that eventually seem to come for everyone. Right now, the fear is of Matt Brash. We talked to Scott about it, asked him about it yesterday, and when you hear the answer, I don't think you're going to feel all that confident. 
Yeah, we will hear more in the next couple days uh, on where Matt is at. Uh, obviously, he's a key part. He's one of the best arms, bullpen arms in the league. Uh, you know, he felt some soreness the other day. We're, we're being very cautious with that. Where is that soreness? Out. It's in his arm. <laughs> okay. I answered your question. Didn't you I? did. <laughs> it's his right arm, too. It's in his throwing it's arm. His, yeah. Yeah. Forearm? Arm, not shoulder. Arm. Yeah, Scott, I think, has recently formed a friendship with Dave Haxtall, coach of the Krakens. I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised he didn't just say it's an upper body injury. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not going to tell you what it is, but all of that makes me all the more concerned. Here's the second thing you need to know. John Schneider speaking yesterday from the Combine in Indianapolis, and he said this now a bunch of times, between Mike McDonald consistently bringing up Drew Locke, even though he's an unrestricted free agent, and then yesterday John made it pretty clear that that's a guy they would love to bring back. He does. He does. We'd love to have him back. The first year after we traded for him, he was supposed to have the second game, I believe. Yeah, it was against Chicago in the preseason, and he got COVID real bad. Lost his legs. So he plays in the third game against Dallas and just did not have his legs at all. Threw a couple of balls that he'd love to have back. And then once that happened, you know, Shane Waldron, Pete, Dave Canales, those guys did a phenomenal job of, of, of instilling that confidence in Geno. And once once Pete uh, named Geno the starter, Geno's confidence just went through the roof. Drew had a nice, you know, he had a nice year for us this year. Played those two games, played great two games for us. Yeah, we'll be meeting with all, all those guys down here this week and hopefully we can have them back. Yeah, listening to John, listening to our sister station here in Arizona, their GM, listening to so many of the sound bites from the GMs and coaches yesterday. This is the early, early phase. This is we're going to just talk about everybody and talk everybody up on a roster without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you kind of listen to a bunch of his answers on Gino as well, asked about that and just kind of talk, 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 talk. A lot of talking going on. The walking is going to come in the next weeks when it comes to their free agent decisions with their own and with others in the new league year. He did say one other thing when he jumped on the set of the NFL Network. There's no QB selfies this year. Remember last year, all the QB selfies with Anthony Richardson and Bryce, all of them, right? No selfies this year. Well, it was a different year. you got to do things a little bit different. Sure. you got to change things up. That doesn't mean they're not interested in some of the quarterbacks that are out there. John also was pretty clear that they would like to get back into the swing of drafting QBs. Um, I would assess this year's class. It's a good group. You know, Greg, I told you guys in the past, you know, uh, having uh, grown up in the Packer uh, organization and worked for Ron Wolf, uh, not, you know, 14 drafts, only drafting two quarterbacks is not something that we're necessarily uh, proud of. It's just hap- it just ha- it's happened that way. And uh, every year it's a goal to try to acquire a quarterback and whether that's a draft, free agency, whatever it looks like. But, yeah, this this year's uh, draft class is a, is a, is a is a, is a cool group. A lot, a lot of variances in there. It's a cool group. Very cool group. Just a, just a cool group. Here's the third thing you need to know. I still think he wants to draft a quarterback in the first round. I really do. Nothing like a good 10-10 tie to make you realize you're at spring training. That's what you got yesterday. George Kirby, he was okay, but there was an error, and he didn't really do much after that. So he gives up a few runs and his one and a third. But uh, the other guys who came in that are contending to be on this team, mm-hmm. Thornton and uh, uh, Vargas and Sacedo, they all had fairly clean innings. So that was all good news there. And then, obviously, you score 10 runs. Ryan Bliss was 3-for-3. Three three. Canzone had a home run. Run and the guy you just mentioned, Mitch Garver, he uh, took a 100-mile-an-hour sinker and did this. I hear it. 2-1 pitch, and it's pitch swing on high drive. Left field. That baby's gone. Up on the bird. Mitch Garver 
two-run homer in the first inning, and the Mariners have a two-nothing lead. Okay, I've given you almost two hours to think about it. Who's Mitch Garver? Of all of the different baseball players. Did you players, ask me that question two hours ago? Absolutely not. Okay, well then you haven't given you've given me ten seconds to think about <laughs> I've given it. Two hours. No, you haven't. <laughs> ask me in two hours, and you will have given me two hours to think about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> What's going on today? Who who was he? Am I taking crazy pills? Who was he? I got to think about that for a while. Do you? Yeah. Why okay. do you have an answer? He looked a little bit like my carb. That's true. Yeah, yeah face. Yeah, he, face is a little Mike kind Carpish. of a face, and a, yeah. yeah, he had a little. Uh, He's bigger, much taller. Yeah, like in my carp stays in my carp. He had yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, from a look standpoint, but personality. Who I'm trying to think in our. We've sat down with a lot of players over these years, and thank you. Uh, that's everything you need to know. Thank you, Maddie, uh, and thanks to Alaska Airlines. By the way, they're why we're here. Direct flights, nonstop to Tucson and Phoenix, all over the place. So get yourself down here. But we've sat with a lot of players over the years. I don't have a good answer. How man. many of I, them it, have that sarcastic, dry wit? Cal's got a little bit of it. I think it might be kind of a, a catcher thing. I don't know. Huh? I don't know if it's Cal. Really? I, I don't know if that's the name I would have come up with. No, no, no. I'm not saying that's my name right now. I've given you two hours to think about this. You've, <laughs> but... you've given me nothing. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, Josh Beckett, you, who you didn't cover, I but didn't I did. I didn't cover, yeah. Beckett was hysterically funny and, and mean with his humor. <laughs> so I don't know if it was quite the same thing, but Beckett yes. was yeah. he was an interesting dude to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and I, by the way, Luke Rayleigh. Um, maybe a little Washburn. Washburn's a little yeah, more friendly, I yeah. think, when we talk to him. But yeah. I think there and is. And Mitch will be, too, for crying I'm sure out loud. It was early, early. I, Washburn is probably the closest, I would say. Okay. Yeah. I would say yeah. that was probably. And Justin and I, by the way, nailed Luke Rayleigh. He's just that Midwest sensibilities. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Yeah. He is he is Hinkley, Ohio. What was uh, what was Farley's character? What was he selling? Um, the tools, where were they from in Ohio? Oh, um, was that Sandusky, Ohio? Sandusky. Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. I think it was. Hinkley, Ohio. Sandusky, Ohio. Named after, that, named after that famous Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> All right. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, the catcher name, and okay? one of, I've given you two hours. I gave you a name. What is the matter with you? Do you even listen to what I'm saying? American. I said he reminded me of Jared Washburn. Oh, thank you. Okay. My gosh. You All right, fine. What is going on with Say, you? Take it down a notch. I wish everybody could. Hey, you settle down. You settle down. You, you take settle it down. down a notch. You settle down. I wish everybody could have heard Brock after a bad shot yesterday <laughs> go, oh, gosh. Darn it. Laura and I are just cackling in the other cart like, man, he really let loose on that one. You can tell just how upset he was. The catcher, maybe the captain, Cal Raleigh, going to join us next. It's Brock and Salk at Spring Training, Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. This This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, Cal Raleigh is going to be with us in a few minutes. He is delayed in a meeting, uh, I think, with the players. Yeah, I guess the players. So so that's going on right now. I'm sorry, by the way. Seriously. I didn't give you two hours. I I meant to ask you two hours ago. (laughs) Right, no kidding. I know. I'm sorry. All right. Do you forgive me? Of course I forgive you. I was never even mad at you. I just was, you know, the right to be. You being you, which is something I've become Uh, used to over these years. Uh, Thankfully, I think very quickly on my feet, so no problem. Uh, I have a question I want to ask you while we're waiting for Cal. And then uh, I got this text that I thought I would try to answer because I think maybe what I was saying was getting misconstrued a little bit. I just want to clarify. Salk. Really, Salk? Were these changes made because of Cal? Are you trying to PR sweep the truth under the rug? The changes were made to save money. That's it. 
Well, yeah, I, I think we've been pretty clear about that. The I love changes... the tone with which you read these texts, by the way. I thought that was a pretty nice tone. You don't <laughs> think that was faithful to the way it was written? I, I believe I it might have been. Pretty... I didn't sure. give it the angry text. No, you boys. did not. That was, uh, you know, I think fairly yes. faithful. Yeah, clarify that. But let cause... me clarify. Obviously, not to save money, they were given basically the same amount of money as last year, which was less than they thought they were going to have. Jerry, at that point, kind of had two choices. He could do nothing and allow them kind of run it back with the same group from last year at roughly the same price, Mm -hmm. or he could move things around in order to try to set things up differently with a different group of players for the same budget. It's not the way I want them to do it. I'd like them to spend more money and bring in more players. I've said that consistently throughout this offseason. But if they are able to get this done and, and succeed without the payroll growing, A, that's a big feather in Jerry and Justin's cap, and B, I do think it's worth asking how things might have been a little different if Cal hadn't spoken up and said, hey, we need to do something here. We need to take action. Would, would, would Scott have gone on his world tour and talked to everybody? Would there have been the same sort of pressure to make some of the moves they did to try to bring in some guys like Garver and Polanco, mm-hmm. et cetera? I don't know. I don't know how that would have worked. I would say probably, and especially listening to Scott yesterday say, hey, take it down just a notch. Like, I was doing these trips and these travels pre-COVID. It's part of just kind of my makeup and who I am. But he wasn't going with the same level of of transparency. transparency. No, he was not. No, he was not. So I would give you that. I would also say that, yes, payroll was the biggest driver, bigger than Cal and bigger than all of that. But they also wanted to change the way they play. Mm -hmm. And... I think that that is a component you've got to throw into this cocktail. Like the, all these strikeouts and the inability to get on base and the inability to do anything situationally. Like it wasn't just the players, you know, we went out and I'm sure they had to pay Brent Brown a little bit to, to leave his job and, and to get him back here and everything else. And to, to put him in that coordinator position, realizing this wasn't good enough. But we just run it back again and we strike out. And we have Jared Kilnett striking out top 10 and Gino striking out top 10 and Teo striking out top 10. Like this isn't good enough. Like this contact rates against these elite dudes and pitchers in our division, not good enough. We may get in the tournament. Who knows? But it would be a flip of the coin instead. Let's go about changing the way we want to play, too. We want to get some guys that are veteran guys. We want to cut down on these these whiff on these whiff rates and chase rates and, and everything else. And do all of it without giving up the pitching yes. that is the, the real strength and nucleus of this team. So, yes. Anyway, that, that's the offseason. All right. Right Qu- now question for fast me. forward to today is this a question for me no it's a question for everybody oh. just something to think about and it's one i wish i wasn't asking sometimes i like it when you just tee it up for me no this is for you and everybody else all and right. it's, i wish i wasn't asking this question but there if you were here if you guys were all here with us right now gosh and i wish you were and you should be just jump on an alaska flight get down here daily non-stop tw- to both phoenix and tucson someone tweeted could us, be easy someone tweeted hold your question and thought for a second someone tweeted us yesterday and was like, oh, what I would give to just play with you guys for some. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it would be so fun. Wouldn't it be? You must s- not be a rabbit. Wouldn't it be so fun to have? Stop it. Uh, you know, and it'd be impossible to to do a tournament. And, uh, you know, and even with that, you don't get to play with. You know, but it'd be so fun. As fun as the it listeners would, were with Boy Howdy out there at the Seahawks facility in our top five. I would love to play with some of our listeners. I would. I would. So anyhow. You can do that. Just go play golf around Seattle. <laughs> You'll end up playing with some of our listeners. I, I do it all the time. <laughs> it's know. not quite as good as you think it is, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, Man of people. If yep. you were here. Yes. If you were here, <laughs> you would have no doubt that the biggest question mark on this team is third base. 
It's yes. not close. Yes. And as much as that was the big question mark a week or two ago before they got here, yes. it is a bigger question mark now. The defense from everyone who's played over there has been subpar. Mm-hmm. The offense from everyone who's been over there has been a question mark. In some cases, and I don't want to get too deep into it, mm-hmm. I've heard some rumblings. There may be, you know, not a great fit personality-wise, et cetera. I don't know exactly what all that looks like yet. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of going on some loose information there. But if you were here and you had some connections inside this building, you would feel very strongly that the biggest issue on this team is third base. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to go with the Urias slash Rojas combo, which is the way things are set up right now, you start to have to ask some questions. And so far, Urias isn't even able to play. I mean, he's been injured. His arm's not where he wants it to be. And so there's a question right now mm-hmm. as to whether he starts on the IL. We'll wait and find out. Brock, you noticed yesterday Ty France play- taking some grounders at third base. Yes. Do I think Ty France is going to play third base right now? No. And Shannon talked to him, and he said, ah, just, I'm feeling athletic. I'm feeling loose. Mm-hmm. I want to just kind of move my body around. He's lost all this weight. Mm-hmm. Ty hasn't played third base in, what, three or four years, maybe even more than that. And if you go back to when he first came to Seattle, he was a second baseman, third baseman, yeah. but not particularly great at either position. Yep. And so they kind of stuck him at first, and were like, just be good at this and hit. And he's gotten to be pretty darn and good over there. He's gotten to be pretty darn good over there. Yes. I hate the idea of Ty France playing second or third. I hate it. I want to be very clear about that. I hate this idea because I don't think he's a very good defensive third baseman. In fact, when he was first acquired, the phrase that I heard was, no, he can stand at third base, which is not a good sign for a third baseman. And I don't think the range is going to be particularly great at second. You've seen Ty and and his speed and Mm -hmm. everything else. But if your defense already kind of stinks at third base and you're not going to go spend the money on Matt Chapman and you don't think that's the way to go – Do you have to at least have a conversation about what it looks like to put Ty at third, Rayleigh or Garver or somebody at first base, and try to build this thing a little bit differently? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not every day, Mm -hmm. but some days to get more offense in. You're going to be sacrificing defense, but you're already sacrificing defense. Or if you don't like Ty at third, but you think he could play some second base, which I have questions about. Again, I hate this idea. Do you put Polanco at third base and mm-hmm. try to, you know, get him into the lineup more at second base and do some of those things? You do have some options. I don't like any of the options, and this all comes back to the fact that you have a hole at third that you've got to try to fix. Yep. Well, you can roll it out with the guys you've got. You can try to sign Matt Chapman. You can hope that Brian Anderson or Michael Chavis or one of these guys that you've brought into camp, mm-hmm. Brian Solak, mm-hmm. is able to outperform some of the guys you think are going to be on your team to start the year. Yep. Or you could try to mess around with Ty France and see if he could play the field outside <clears throat> of first base on a semi-regular basis. So when the show ends, one of the things I enjoy doing is going over to the and field. And again, I hate this idea. I know. I, know. I hate it. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, when it ends, th- I appreciate you getting that off your chest. But I have to say it. I, I know you do. Because That's, I also kind of think it might be their best option. It's the way times. you're wired. It's yeah. the way you're built. I love to go over there and watch these guys take infield and just try to listen and watch them swing and listen to the coaches. And this reminds me a little bit of American Idol. So we have a couple friends of friends that are on American Idol this season. One of them is a friend of ours whose uh, daughter is dating one that's really talented and I think went pretty far. Um, don't know all, you know, all the specifics of it. So it's kind of fun. And I'm like, golly, he is good. 
man, he could just sing like every, you know, and then there's a gal that was on the basketball team with Macy last mm. year at the high school level. She was on the JV and she too makes it in advances. And so it's kind of fun to know a couple people just on yeah. the periphery. I thought you were going to say Mora after some of the singing that we've heard yeah. on our show. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe Mora was going to end up on American Idol at some She's point. She's got a shot. Or America's Most Wanted. She One or the other. A record now, a couple yeah. of Fox shows that would both fit for Mora. Yeah. And multifaceted. Yeah. But when I listen to that, sure. I'm like, man, I, be being tone deaf and having no musical giftings or talent or background, I'm like, they all sound amazing. Other than the ones that are just god awful that right. they throw in there to just sprinkle in, like, oh, geez, that's a mess. But the most most of them, I can't tell a thing. So two days ago, I watched Brian Anderson and uh, the guy with the long hair, whose name Chavis. is Chavis, play third. Right? They took I don't know 25, 30, 40 balls, and every one of them just clean as a whistle and throwing them over to first. Like, wow, like that's really good. You know, and I mean, then, they're all Major League Baseball. Correct. Players. Yeah. And then yesterday I watched Rojas and Luis and, and Ty France at third take, I don't know, 25, 40, 50. And if you didn't know any better, like just a, a novice eye, you're like, wow, they all look super smooth. Like none of them missed a ball. Like when you watch 14-year-olders take and feel, you're like, oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's not going to work. They're not 14-year-olds. And even in high school, when I go watch high school baseball, which I appreciate, you're like, yeah, that's a slow turner. That, not bad. But you also know when you watch games. And over the course of a season, thousand percent. you can tell who can play the field uh, and who can't. You can tell who's getting the balls and who isn't. Yes. You can tell who's yes. making you nervous. And but the like when you watch Brad the combine, like if Saturday you watch a combine yeah, we'll a and you watch Bo and Penix and the kid from Tulane, all these guys throw, you'd be like, that's a good throw. Yeah. What? I mean, that's a good throw. It's on time. I watch it. And I'm like, Ugh. right. You know, like this, the littlest of details or the fundamentals or that ball's dropping or the elbow's low or it's a little soggy. Like any so is little, this all your way of saying what about Ty? When I watch Ty, especially this lean Ty, Ty last year doing that would have been like impossible to fathom. Impossible to fathom. Right. Ty France down 20 pounds. I know. Ty France a little lighter on his feet. Ty France looking a whole, uh, infinitely more Is anybody else intrigued by the idea? did the last two years. So you years. sound intrigued. I'm just saying. Over, you sound intrigued. I'm saying if he played ten games at third, are you intrigued? Ten games at third, he could play ten games. At what third. if he played fifty at third? That might be a problem because the body might break down, and it's going to be maybe hard to sustain everything. And then obviously, what you don't see a ton of are the throws that these guys make, mm-hmm. which I hit on yesterday with Gino, and I was talking to Perry about that are so efficient that you you have one little bobble, you have one little hesitation at third. Yep. With the guys in this league in what, athleticism, what about second? you're in trouble. Now you got to turn the two. I That's mean, right. Like, again, none of these things. But he was a second baseman. I mean, like he's played both positions yes. quite a bit. It's and, not like it would I, be his first time over and there. And I bet you when he played second or third coming up, I don't, I'm curious. Maybe we'll ask him either on or off the air. I bet it wasn't at this weight. I bet it wasn't at this level oh, of athleticism. He was bigger than this. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I bet it wasn't this light on his feet and feeling as bouncy and as good as he feels right now with, you know, I mean, good. Is, is it been said? Is he 20, 25 pounds less? I, I don't know that I've heard an actual number. Yeah, whatever and, it and is. And it may not be a real weight number because he's gotten stronger and sometimes, right. you know, the muscle weighs more than but the way he's moving, that. he's moving differently. Whew, totally yes. different. Are you guys intrigued by this or is this just straight dumb? 866-979-3776. We'll take a couple texts on that, Mac and Jack's text line, but... I, I started having this conversation with Shannon yesterday. We're back and forth, and she thinks it's dumb, I think, I would sure. say. And I kind of do, too. Like, she's right. But do you third base is it's such a no. state right now, well, potentially, here's the other problem. that I think you got to consider everything. Here's the other problem, 
right? And this is the old KJ Wright conversation. Like, don't move me over there to create more holes. Like, if you feel good about Ty at first, and he is a little more athletic, then they'll be maybe even better and can get to a ground ball. And now you have a problem with Mitch at first base and maybe Garver all of a sudden. You can protect Ty at first because he's getting beat up at the plate a lot. And I don't want to go both. All those things are stack up. All these things are true. All of these things are true. Yep. And by the way, it is Wednesday of the week. You said if you're going to make this Chapman move, you've got to make it at some point this week. you got to make it by Sunday. you got a couple weeks into spring training. Now you've got three, four weeks left, not six weeks to get yourself in rhythm, not six weeks for Matt Chapman to also assimilate here and all the things that happen. Like, you know, time is ticking on that one a little bit. Salk is looking longingly over your shoulder waiting for Chapman to come walking into the facility. <laughs> Where is he? Where's Matt? Is he over there? And I don't even want them to go to that crazy for Matt right, Chapman. Right. But I, I think that this is. Because if you pencil his name in the roster, like if you pencil his name in the lineup card and they don't play everybody, and especially this early in spring, but if you had your regulars, and we're going over and walking across the street to the ballpark today to watch the game, Salk, and if you penciled that name in at number six in the lineup, number seven in the lineup, you'd look at the entirety of the lineup and go, whoo, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh, there's JP, and there's Polanco, and there's Julio, and there's Cal, and there's Garver, and there's Chapman, and they're like, wow, this thing starts to round out. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. It, it starts looking like a real major league. It looks lineup. like a real no major league. Lineup. And by the way, it already does. I mean, you, you got one kind of hole near the end at at, at third, certainly, and you got some question marks, certainly, yep. with Canzo and every team does. Mm-hmm. You got some real question marks mm-hmm. in there. But yeah, if you if you were to add Chapman, it does turn this thing into a much deeper lineup, yep. and it solidifies the defensive issues and means you don't need to keep having conversations that are ridiculous, like should Ty France be playing third base? Yep. I know it's a ridiculous conversation. Yep. I'm, this is something I think that should be taken incredibly seriously. But if I'm Scott Service and I'm looking out at what I'm seeing, find I want to. I want to, and I've got to find a way. Find a way. I got to think about everything. Yep. Can I do this? I've got to ask these questions. Can Ty play third? Can Ty play a little second base? Can I move things around? How how is Rayleigh at first a position we know he's played a little bit? What about Mitch Garver? Can I get away with playing him at first now and again in order to kind of rotate through? Does that give me a chance to get Mitch Hanniger into the game more as a DH or to let Canzone DH? Because I think you're going to have some defensive issues in right field with Canzone and with Mitch Hanniger at various times this year. So, I am I am worried about their I defense, man. I hear you. What? You know what I'm not worried about? What? Brent Brown's posture Jesus, is... It is impossible to have a conversation with you here. Well, with the people walking out the door... <laughs> well, try to do. focus. I'm right here in front of you. I know. Well, Stop I, looking at Brent Brown. I can't. I yes, can't. you can. And I can't look at you because the sun's in my eyes. Well, t- have some, so wear sunglasses. Oh, okay. Here, Jeez. thank you. All right. There you go. What? Whoa. Yes. Is that better? Feels great. Brock's the only person I know who doesn't own a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> my God, man. Doesn't want yes. the tan lines. Yeah. Um, my God. It's not a great plan. And you know it's not a great plan. I know that. But if you've got to find a way. Yes. Then it's something, on the table. Something you've it's got to be on the table. You have to think about I, it. I will say this, too. And I'm not just distracted by Ichiro now walking out. I think part of the reason Cal's not out here is they're working out these uniforms. The, the player reps in there. I hope so. I mean, it, this is, they got, uh, I remember these meetings from training camp and in the OTA season, like, yeah, the player reps come in or, or maybe, and I'm going to guess the commissioner's in there. We've not seen the commissioner come out, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to guess this is their chance to also talk to the commissioner about everything that's going on. And maybe on its surface, Cal's like, oh, okay, yeah, that meeting, uh, half hour at the max. Well, we're 47 minutes right. in. We're still probably, going. Yeah, because there's some stuff to address. 
And it may seem like a minuscule thing, but as a guy that was a uniform guy, it was the first thing Matt Hasselbeck said to me. He's like, I don't know if you could play. And I, this, I'm going to give you a big compliment. You always look good in your uniform. Yeah. You know, like for me, I don't know why. That's it was true, yeah. it was a weird it was the weirdest thing. You get a coach to say that if you can't play the part, you better look the part. Yes. <laughs> and and my dad, for like as uh, as simple as my father is, like you know, house clothes. I gave him these Adidas polyester sweats. He wore them for like eighteen years. I'm like, Dad, we got to get you a new pair of some sweat. He's like, this is my, why, why? These are the most comfortable things ever. My dad every year tinkered with the uniforms. He loved it. That's like where his the sticker, the the fabrics, yeah. the he loved all of it. And uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm kind of half joking, but I'm not. I bet you there's a big conversation in that locker or that clubhouse. Like, hey man, this is untenable. Fix this crap. Yeah. Because I'm not going on this field looking like this, feeling like this. Just not going to happen. Some of the texts that have come in, 206. Salk, I think it would be intriguing to see Ty on either third or second, but why not just keep him where he is and capitalize on the efforts he put in to limit variables? Totally agree. Look, yep. of course you would want to do that. The reason is because you've got a question mark and some real vulnerability mm-hmm. at third base right now, mm-hmm. both offensively and defensively. Uh, 206, no way, I say no way. This is a guy who's been terrible past couple of years, put in the work to prove a point. You don't tinker with an unknown and mm-hmm. feel yeah, absolutely right. That's a great point. Yep. Totally agree with that. By the way, he's not been terrible. He was an all-star two years ago. He's not been terrible. Well, the last year and a half, some he's, not, he's not year. been himself. Last year, sure. yes. He was beaten up and that swing was broken and all of that. Yep. Uh, tie on third. I'm with Salk. I hate it. You get used to the body mechanics of your position. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to get injured playing a completely opposite side of the field. Do you mm-hmm. believe that, Justin? You can flip middle infield a heck of a lot quicker than you can first third. Mm-hmm. That is a big, well, big okay. change. Your first step changes in and a big way. You have said this a few different times, Salk, and I will play that card in Justin's life experience to say, hold on a second now. Polanco, hamstring, mm-hmm. you know, some, some other issues. Like, I don't want him a third. Keep him at keep him at second base. Well, he keep played he, third base most of last year, but yeah. Keep him in, in his comfort zone. Keep him where he's. Yep. Yep. To all of those. Don't you think you'd be more likely to get hurt at second than third, though? I mean, you're dealing with a lot more plays around the bag and guys sliding in. To me, second base covered is much, more ground. Yeah, much more, more dangerous position than third base is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Look, they're in a tough spot. All of the, mm-hmm. the, the the point of these conversations is that when you put yourself in a tough spot, you have to think of different ways to get out of it. It's no different from the DK conversation from a couple of weeks ago. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It's not that I want to trade DK Metcalf. Find a way. It's that you've got you you put yourself in a bad spot yep. where you don't have the resources that you need on the offense and defensive line, and if you want to try to get them, you've got to think creatively to try to do it. In this case, you have a team that has put themselves in a tough spot right now at third base. I think a team, and if you want to deal with that and you don't want to sign the obvious guy in Matt Chapman, you've got to think creatively or else suffer the consequences. Both teams would say we can't do everything all at once. Sure. I think both teams would say if you talk to Jerry and Justin in there, and I think if you talk to John and their people, they would say, hey, I totally get it. And, and, and you all live in a world where you get to talk about it every day and you guys get to be around it and opine about it. But on the inside, we can't do everything you're talking about. So I do wonder, though, if Jerry and Justin behind those walls mm-hmm. are continuing to monitor this situation. Yeah, they have to be. And continue to That's monitor the market. That is their job. Uh, J.D. Martinez, by the way, could he play any first base? 
Because yeah. he, he's still out on the market, he could. right? Yeah, I mean, if you really want to. He's a guy that Brent Brown. If you're real committed to playing tie at third base, right. yeah, you could do something like that. You could bring J.D. Martinez in, and certainly he can still hit. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But you've sort of you know made your bed with Garver at your D.H. spot. So I don't know, Yeah, man. I don't know, man. 20 minutes of conversation, I totally get it. I know why you and Shannon were spitballing it. I, you know, Brad, I'm sorry if I frustrated you by even bringing it to your attention that he was over there taking ground you balls. You didn't frustrate me. You, you made me. It's a great observation. I mean, you have to know these things. You ha- and you have to just kind of see everything. But the more we talk about it, with all of the change in Ty's life, yep. with all of the adjustments to his swing, with how good he is feeling about himself in those changes, I don't think now is the time you throw the Uncle Charlie at him and say, oh, by the way, let's go play 10, 20, 30. I, think, yeah, I want you focusing on one thing. Correct. Yeah. Get that let's swing, get your swing I think, right. I think where I would end on this is it's a worthwhile conversation. But it's probably not something you're going to do. Yep. But you got to think about it. And I would be shocked if Scott hasn't thought about it. Yep. I would. Barry and Justin and those guys haven't thought about it and toyed with it and played with it a little bit. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. But I think these are the kind of conversations that go on a lot more mm-hmm. often than we know about. Maybe it's just, hey, what what happens if somebody gets hurt? What if we don't have a? What if we need someone for a day or two? Can you go over there in a? What pitch? did you call all those guys that were out here taking ground balls the other day? Not Jags. Uh, they're Jicks. <laughs> I was like, what? They're what? Jicks. They're what? Hey, do you know about Jicks? You got NRIs and Jicks. They're NRIs and Jicks. Are you familiar with those terms? You know what those two things mean? NRIs yeah. and Jicks. NRI, not really interested. NRI is a... <laughs> no, that's on the actually, apps. It's actually more a little interested. An NRI is a non-roster invitee. Yeah, that's right. So you're invited to spring training, but you're not on the 40-man yep. roster. So Brian Anderson's an NRI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these guys are, right? Michael Chavis is an NRI. A jick is just in case. Ah, Hey, you get called up for minor league camp just in case we need you today mm-hmm. out in the game. Oh, in the third inning when we've decided to take out our second baseman. Yeah, so those are jicks. I learned about that this year, actually. Yeah. You got NRIs and you got jicks, just mm-hmm. in case, guys. Should and have there are a bunch of them. Invite. I should have known that. Yeah, you should have known that. We got a lot of texts in about uh, we've heard Harry Ford taking ground ball somewhere in the past, haven't we? Yeah, he's played a little third base. I don't know whether Harry's going to be ready. I don't think Cole Young is not ready year yet, it, although no. he had another big hit yesterday, and that's nice to see. I think maybe mid year, but not right now. Nobody seems do to you know think what he's NARP ready is? right now. A NARP? Yeah, do you know what a NARP? Is. Uh, this is a cool kid term. This is what the college kids are doing. I, Haley Macy said this the other day, and I was like, what? A NARP. What is a NARP? Not always really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Not always really fat with a pH. I don't know. What is it? What's a NARP? A non-athlete regular person. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's like, just he's just a NARP. Yeah. Well, it takes yeah. one to know one. Apparently, <laughs> I guess now characters. I know what a NARP is. All right, we take a quick break. I don't know what happened to Cal. I'm sorry, guys. I thought he was coming out. Unfortunately, he got stuck in a meeting that looks like it's gone about an hour. If he's free in the next five minutes or so, we'll grab him. If not, we'll try to do that tomorrow or Friday. I will tell you the boy Howdy will be here. And if he blows us off, then we got a real problem on our hands. It'll show just how far this show has sunk. We'll see what's coming up next. I'm Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, SeattleSports.com.